It's another Farm Friday, and this one, the American League West. You've got two teams at the top. You've got three teams at the bottom. Which of these two teams at the top has the better farm system? And which of these three teams at the bottom can get better? All that and more on today's show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And we're talking American League West. You can't start talking farm systems in the American League West without talking about the Seattle Mariners. They have climbed from dead last all the way up to first. <clears throat> they have five prospects in the top 100, including four in the top 50. And this system is stacked. It's got depth top to bottom. It's got pitchers at a high level. It's got lower level position players. It's got lots of stuff to be excited about if you're a Seattle fan. So five guys in the top 50. If you watched two weeks ago when we did the Rookie of the Year draft, the biggest snub of the draft is actually the number two overall prospect in all of baseball, Julio Rodriguez. The outfielder, 2016 international free agent from the Dominican, 6'3", 205. And all he's done in you know, the last 300 at-bats is absolutely rake. 347, 441, 560. 13 home runs, 21 stolen bases. Just got a $1.75 million deal and then absolutely just out, you know, lived up to the hype. He got hurt in 2020. So he had like a little hairline fracture in his wrist. He was diving for a ball, but didn't show any indication last year that that was hindering him in any way. Finished second in all of the minor leagues with a 347 batting average and seventh with a 1001 OPS. Went all the way to double A. Left twice to play for the Dominican for the Olympic qualifiers. Um, they made the summer games. Went to the Tokyo Olympics. Batted 417. The Dominican went on to win the bronze medal. And so when you look at him, I mean, just he's a presence, right? 6'3", 210. He's got raw power that is 80 grade. I mean, everything you could possibly want. Uh, now, his... His longest home runs um, come to the pool side. So he's, you know, it's, it's, you might think that's a tendency. He's got the strength to send a ball out anyway, but uh, he also is that rare player that can hit for power, but he's not sacrificing the ability to hit for average. So career 331 hitter in the minors, and he's a guy that really sees the ball well, really kind of understands what a pitcher's trying to do to him and is able to mechanically adjust to, to keep his bat in front of that ball to get that ball. So, plus-plus hitter, plus-plus game power. I mean, absolutely great. Um, surprising speed. He's not he's not like a 80-grade speed, 70-grade speed, blazing kind of guy. But, you know, he's, he's no McKenzie Gore. But, um, Above-average runner, really good at, again, the mental side of the game. Reading the pitcher, getting the read, stealing the bases, and then plays a really good right field. He's got a, he's got a good arm. It's plus. It's accurate. And so 
he, you know, he's he's going to be an impact fielder. The I don't like again. Don't love to do the comps on this show. We don't do a lot of that. But he reminds me when I watch him play. He reminds me of a Ronald Acuna, a little bit slower Ronald Acuna. Um, as far as can hit, can hit for power, and then has an arm in right field that can be a weapon. So it's hard to have a guy that high and not be the number one system. But what helps is four guys in that top 50. Number 12 is a right-hand pitcher, George Kirby. 2019, a first-round pick out of college, 6'4", 201, and uh, went to Elon, not necessarily known as a baseball powerhouse, but his fastball has gotten faster, 95 to 99. So he's sitting, you know, sitting high 90s, throws it really well up in the zone. Um, it doesn't look like he has a lot of effort behind what he does, which is great. Uh, you know, he's got like a long, lanky build, but uh, he's a good athlete. You can tell when you watch him. Like he he under he has he has the perception. He understands what his body's trying to do. He can make it do what he wants to do. Uh, slider is a plus pitch, uh, kind of like a wipe, you know, one of those wipeout sliders, upper eighties. Uh, he has a above average curveball. He's got a a, a changeup that has good separation from the fastball, but he doesn't quite necessarily have amazing control of it. But still, I mean, number one, number two potential on this kid. Uh, should debut, assuming that happens soon, should debut in 2022. And so definitely that's my dog. That's Jolene. Uh, Jolene also wants him to debut. So definitely a guy that can make an impact at the big league level. I mean, as you go through, Noel V. Marte, shortstop, uh, 2018 international free agent out of the Dominican, Another guy that just, I mean, looks like he could be a power-hitting, all-star level shortstop uh, if he doesn't have to move to third base. And if he still ha- if he has to move to third base, he's still going to be your middle-of-the-order kind of bat. But just like a really good, really good offensive guy. Defense is good enough, but again, just given his size, he may have to move. But really good. You love him. If you've been watching from the very beginning, from the very first episode, you know I talked about Matt Brash. Uh, Matt Brash, number four prospect in the system. He is number 45 and just um, absolutely amazing. Uh, I I think Matt Brash is probably one of the best, like has a chance to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. And a part of that was because um, the Padres kind of completely changed up what he did a bit. And so go back to that very first episode. I want to say January 10th was that very first one where I talk about Matt Brash and how much I like Matt Brash. Uh, but great guy. And then there's a, a left-handed pitcher in there. 6'6", 210 out of the tw- uh, second round of 2019. Big, big boy. And he absolutely can um, can just crush a ball. And so he's going to come out 2022. He's going to be a um, um, third or four kind of guy is what you're looking at with him. I mean, but he hits 97 on the fastball. He's just, I mean, he's crushing bats, get, you know, shoving the ball in there. Um, Change up in the mid 80s, slider in the low 80s, curveball, one of those big 12 to 6 high arcing curveballs. So, really kind of feel good about that. Um, like, just a lot of things to like at the top of this system. And then the reason, like, I, I it wasn't a question which one was better, but I, it was really easy to talk about these in the same sentence to put the Rangers up here with them because the Rangers had such great talent. And we just got the news the other day about Josh Young needing shoulder surgery, probably out for the entire year. Definitely a blow. He's a guy who I thought was going to start at AAA, was going to push for big league time pretty early, 
was going to be probably the starting third baseman for this team within a, a month or two. So kind of hurts to lose him that quickly. But uh, Josh Young, from all reports, should be able to come back next year and be probably fine. You look at the number one prospect in their system, right-hand pitcher Jack Leader. He's a guy where, you know, he takes first part by virtue of they've graduated so many guys. Part of it is they brought in a bunch of like guys at midseason and a high draft pick, and he's the high draft pick there. But obviously spent time at Vanderbilt. We know all about um, what Vanderbilt does in the world of college baseball. Obviously, if you've listened to the show on Tuesdays, we're always talking about Vanderbilt baseball, it feels like. But we haven't seen him in professional ball at all. Uh, the discussion is he may actually start off at double A this year. And that's just something where they feel so good about his makeup, his stuff, kind of, you know, what he has. He's got like a, a, you know, a plus plus fastball that can touch 99. He's got a probably a 60 grade curveball. He's got a slider. He's got a change up. Feels good at all of those. Doesn't throw him, a t- doesn't throw the, ch- the change a ton, but it always gets swings and misses when he does. So one of those pitches, like he doesn't even need, it's like a Max Scherzer's curveball. Like he has one, he doesn't even need it. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's Scherzer. Anyway, so a guy I feel really good about. And then you look at a guy like a Cole Wynn, another pitcher, uh, going to start AAA in 2022 for the Rangers, but one of those number three kind of overall guys uh, went to the Futures game last year, was the starting pitcher for the American League. So has really kind of gotten his, um, his delivery much more efficient and streamlined since he was drafted in 2018 in the first round. And uh, yeah, fastball, curveball is good, slider and change. Uh, really kind of enjoy what he does. Tight break on the fastball. Always kind of love to see that. And uh, just one of those guys that's going to be able to impact Texas since they dropped half a billion dollars. The least you can do is kind of come in and give them some support starting pitching wise so that they can tent- contend in that division sooner rather than later. Um, and in just a minute, I kind of want to tell you about some of the teams that have won that division recently, the Astros and the Athletics. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All Built Bars are covered in 1% real chocolate, puffs included. The puffs are the protein-infused marshmallows. First time they have ever been made, from what I've been told. Uh, fluffy, marshmallowy, don't taste like a protein bar. Uh, they taste like marshmallows. So, those flavors, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, churro, those are fantastic. But then you go to Built.com and you see all of the list of the regular Built Bars. Uh, coconut almond, mint brownie, chocolate, uh, chocolate cookies and cream. Uh, peanut butter brownie is a favorite in my house, cherry barcia. And then they have limited time ones as well, like a rocky road, things like that to come out. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. And today's episode also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And the thing, I, I blew a tire out just the other day. And the, the the plastic that goes inside the wheel well to keep, like on the front passenger side, to keep road debris from hitting, you know, your, your you know, uh, your, wind, your washer fluid or reservoir and stuff, that was gone. And so I went to a local big, you know, big, big box parts store to ask them for that part. And they're like, okay, well... Is your car a sport or a regular? Is your car an LX or an EX or whatever? And it was just, it was a big headache. So I came home and instead uh, went on to Rock Auto's website, rockauto.com, to get the part. And I noticed I saved money. I mean, it was cheaper because this is a family business that has been serving DIYers for over 20 years. And these prices are just reliably low. That's their business model. That's how it works. Has everything you need, including that plastic piece on the inside of my wheel well. 
And so if you need something for your car, it can be brake parts, it can be motor oil, it can be carpet for the car. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So the first two teams in the AL West Farm Friday are teams that have not won a lot recently, but have great farm systems. Next, you got some teams that have won a lot recently and don't have great farm systems. So when you're looking at the Astros in the athletics, uh, the Astros are 28th. The, the athletics are 27th. The, both of them don't have a ton of guys. So the Astros have fallen for the, I mean, but they're there for different reasons. Uh, the Astros have fallen from the top because they graduated talent and they've won, made multiple World Series trips and they won one of those. So like the Astros are, are low on here because guys have come out, which is kind of the, the goal, right? Like you want guys to graduate, make a World Series and perform. So right now they've got two guys in the top 100, both in the back half. Uh, so catcher Corey Lee is number 70. He's a 2019 first round pick out of Cal. And um, he he was the very last pick of the 2019 draft. And uh, somebody in 330 at-bats in the minor leagues, he's batted 277, 340, 438, 11 home runs. Uh, but he's been making a lot of a lot of adjustments. He, they had him play a little first, a little, little third, but I think he's going to be a catcher ultimately. Um, he's been adjusting some stuff, tweaking batting stances, tweaking catching stances. You've heard some of the discussion about uh, the one knee versus the squat for the catchers. I think that Robo Umps may render some of that mood eventually, but he was kind of, his numbers look a little funny in 2021 because he was doing all of this work, but the talent is there. So he switched to that one knee stance. He can get a quicker release. His arm is fantastic. I mean, plus, plus arm. He gets great pop times with the one knee stance. So that's, a, so that's a guy, he's not as accurate as he could be, but the power's there. So he can develop the accuracy. Uh, he can, he, he's gotten better at the, the mechanics of fielding the ball, at, you know, of, of, of catching pitches, actually receiving, that skill of receiving. Still needs some work. A uh, little bit of questions about his, um, his bat. A lot of it's because he hit a bunch of ground balls in his first season, especially the pull side. And it's one of those things where he's been trying, like, had a really kind of over-engineered stance. They even try to simplify things for him. He can get out in front of the ball a little quicker. He's not um, rolling over it. He's not going to the pull side. So a lot, lot more stable, a lot more quiet from what I've heard. I'm excited to see him this spring. I think he's probably going to start um, start the year at um, at AAA Sugarland, who are not the Skeeters, but are now the Space Cowboys. It was an announcement they made just a little, little while back. If you want more info on that, I think Locked On Astros Covered them a little bit. Uh, but he's going to get called up next year. He's going to uh, start be- spending time behind the plate. Martin Maldonado, Machete, is only signed through this year. So they have an option. Now they have the leverage when it comes to a contract for Maldonado. They can tender him at a lower level knowing they have Corey Lee there. But they, I think they're going to call him up this year. He's probably going to end up being the catcher for the future provided that defensively he can stabilize, and then offensively, he can tap into some of that power. Um, the other guy, number uh, 72 overall, shortstop Jeremy Pena, he's a guy, he is the Carlos Correa replacement. There is a very, very, very small chance Carlos Correa comes back to the Astros. He is more than likely gone. And um, 
Jeremy Pena is his replacement, above average defender. Uh, he's his his bat has taken some jumps recently. He was a 2018 third round pick out of Maine, uh, the university, not the state. So college kid, but um, he, I mean, the the offensive work he did. Look, he looks like he's going to be a regular every day. Uh, I think he'll probably start in AAA simply because I don't think he's on the 40 man roster. I don't think you had to put him on this year. He's a college kid, four year. I don't think you had to. So he's probably going to. He's so he's not on the 40 man. He can start spring training at the at the minor league level, he can go to AAA, and then whenever we get an MLB season, they can call him up and put him at short. Uh, but I think, I mean, he's got one of the best arms. He has plus defense. So defensively, he's there. The question is offensively, can he contribute enough? Uh, I don't think he's going to do, he's not going to be Carlos Correa. Let's, let's just be clear there. He's not going to be Carlos Correa, but I think he can do enough to contribute to Houston. And then, you know, like th- that's just that's the issue with the system is a lot of the depth is has come out recently. So you got these two guys, and even these two top guys have some flaws, and then everybody else is a lower level prospect. Where the flip side is the athletics. Part of the issue you have with the athletics is they've fallen because the guys just haven't worked out. Um, and it could be like there's a lot of different reasons. So first round picks haven't worked out. Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. <laughs> Uh, obviously that didn't work out for them. Uh, Austin Beak, that didn't work out. Austin Beck, Austin Beck, that didn't work out for him. So injuries, AJ Pook got hurt. That didn't work out for them. They traded Jesus Lazardo. That didn't work out for them. So the reason they've fallen is they've just gotten rid of so much high-level talent. Now, if Matt Olson and Matt Chapman get traded, you're going to restock the system. Uh, But the thing is, I still don't think they're going to, um, they're going to get enough of a return for those two guys to bring them significantly. I mean, they're not going to go in the top 10. They, they may go into the mid twenties versus where they are now at what? 26, 27. But I don't think they're going to get much higher than that simply because they're also not getting those high draft picks. They're not, uh, they're not hitting on the guys. They do pick the, the, the prospect they have in the top 100 is actually a top 25 guy, Tyler Soderstrom, uh, 2020 first rounder out of high school. So he's a guy uh, they went over slot to take him at 26. And his dad was actually a first rounder for the Giants in 93 and played for the Athletics, like one of their little local teams. So Soderstrom looked good at the at the alternate site, looked good in low A West last year, had a oblique injury in late July, and that kind of flared up in the years in a fall league. So he hasn't had a lot of pro ball yet, but had a great exit velos, showed great power. Uh, a lot. Some of the scouts for Oakland think he could face big league pitching now and survive, but obviously needs to do a little more. Um, he's for being a young guy, really good with breaking balls, which is surprising. You've seen guys at the MLB level can't seem to pick that up. He's been really good at that, but a um, little bit of a bigger frame, six two two oh five, and so he needs to get like he got better, but he's still pretty raw when it comes to catching. So. Um, He's shown the willingness to do the work. And I think that's a big part. If you remember Wednesday's show, we were talking about building a catcher. And like that's what Boston's doing. Boston's finding guys who are willing to do the work to get better and sticking them at catcher. He's a guy that's willing to do the work. He has the athletic ability where if you had to pull the plug on catcher, you could put him at first or at third or something. Um, maybe even a left field. I mean, he's not incredibly slow. He's not incredibly fast, but he's not incredibly slow. Uh, his bat's going to be ready, though, definitely before his glove is. He's going to be carried by the offensive tools. And so there, there will be a moment where Oakland has to decide, do we go ahead, 
plug him in somewhere else and let him contribute offensively? Or do we wait to see if his defense ever gets there where he can beat the major league level? And that's just something they got to figure out. And we don't quite know how long that'll take. The way he's been hitting, the way he's been just crushing pitching, he may force that decision sooner rather than later. If you see him uh, at a corner infield spot, it's because his offense picked up so quickly they had to get him on the field. But he's a, he's a you know he's pretty much the only prospect really of major note in the system, and that's because so many guys that they worked on have not um, have not panned out. And talking about a system that hasn't panned out, I want to get to the Angels in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Football is over for the season, but basketball's in full steam, both pro and college hoops. So for the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and all that. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. Not just basketball, but obviously hockey, boxing, UFC odds. I think they have a little bit of college baseball. I can't quite remember the last time I looked, but either way, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action from BetOnline.net because BetOnline is where the game starts. So the issue with the Los Angeles Angels farm system is so one it hasn't been better than average for years they've been ranked pretty lowly for a while now they're 29th right now just behind the white Sox, who don't have a prospect in the top 100 at least the angels have one uh but the talent just drops off severely sharply after the top three guys and part of that is they graduated some guys out recently so uh and and so when you look at the angels getting better the Angels aren't going to be able to rely on guys coming out of the farm system. The Angels are going to have to rely on those recent promotions getting better. So Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, uh, Griffin Kenny, Patrick Sandoval, like those guys have to get better for the Angels as a team to improve around Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Uh, it's not going to be from the farm system. The only guy in the top 100 is number 28, uh, left-handed pitcher Reed Detmer. So he was a 2020 first-round pick at a Louisville. Uh, 6'2", 210, lefty. Love a good lefty pitcher. We all know that. 62 innings in the major leagues, 319 ERA, 108 strikeouts to 19 walks. So that's a thing you'll love to see. Uh, very, very polished. He went all the way from the alternate site in 2020. Uh, started off in A with the Trash Pandas. You remember that's a raccoon. Uh, went to A Salt Lake. Made his big league debut in August 1st. So 14 months after being drafted 62 innings in the minors. And then when he came up, he got roughed up five starts, 740 ERA, but his first win August 15th against the Astros, six innings of one run ball. So he showed some promise and he showed like, there's an adjustment period when you come up to the big leagues. We all know that. And so um, he hit the COVID list, ended up like, I think he got maybe one more game before the season ended. Uh, the angels obviously didn't go to the playoffs. So, the thing about him is he's got uh, – his fastball is good, but his his secondaries are better. So his fastball, low, 90, low to mid-90s. So 93, 94, 95 if he's feeling it, could touch 97, right? And then slider, upper 80s, really kind of like against a righty, it's a weapon. It is a good, good pitch. Uh, so the 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 fastballs, one of those like late action. He likes to throw it high, the top of the zone, and so when he's on with it, you can't hit it. And then the curveball looks 
you know, it tunnels really well with the curveball. The curveball is one of those like 12 to six, it drops six feet. I mean, we'll absolutely just buckle a batter. And so, you know, he has that that slider, one of those hard breaking in in sliders. If you're a right, he's gonna give you a lot of trouble. And then the change is is he's getting better at it. He has to locate that a little a little he needs to 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 bring it down and in on a batter to really make it effective onto a righty. But the big thing is his delivery is really compact, it's repeatable. He shouldn't have a lot of issues with with um, his mechanics and his command and all of that because of the delivery. And then when you watch him, and when you go back and you watch some of the stuff, and I, I saw him a little bit in college when he was with Louisville, but he he was just starting to figure out the whole sequencing, how to set up a pitcher and how to play pitches off of one another. And the slider's still kind of new. And so that was the thing where he he was still learning how to integrate that into his arsenal when he lost time. Um, he's, I don't think he's going to be a one or a two simply because the, the fastball doesn't have velocity in the modern game. Your ones and your twos are the guys that have a lot of, a lot of speed and power with that fastball, but a three or a four perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be a guy who's really going to give you a lot. And then, like I said, the Angels just need guys to step up. They need some of these these recent promotions, the Joe Adels, the Griffin Cannings, to to step up and do well. Patrick Sandoval can be can be a guy that can really contribute for the Angels uh, if he puts it together. And that's where their improvement's going to come. I don't think they're going to get. They don't really. They're not really in a sell mode. They're not going to sell a lot of pieces. Uh, I think if they move anything, it's just going to be. It's probably going to be a salary dump of a guy like Rendon. And so they really need to figure out uh, who can improve and how can we get more talent in this system short of being bad and getting a high draft pick. So they've got to work that out. And so when you look at the division, I've, st- I've still got the Astros probably winning the division, but I've got the Mariners right there with them. Uh, I think Oakland is going to sell some pieces off. Oakland's going to struggle a little bit because they don't have a ton of help coming from the farm system. I think they're, they're kind of they're They just crossed the, uh, the hill and the roller coaster is heading back down for a little while for the, uh, for the athletics. But I think the Astros have enough talent at the big league level still where they're going to compete for the top of the division. The Mariners are going to be close with them just because the Mariners have guys coming out that can legitimately help. Um, Astros are going to win the division, I think. And then, I'm really curious. The biggest wild card in this division to me is the Rangers. I just don't know what the Rangers are going to look like. They spent half a billion dollars on the infield. Uh, you thought you were going to have a Josh Young to plug in, and then he obviously got hurt, played him for the whole year. So the question is, what are we going to, um, what are we going to have? What are we going to see? You know, what what's that going to look like? But uh, this has been a, a great week of baseball. Go out this week and watch some college baseball. Uh, if you are following the show on, on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate it. It means a lot that you're here. Please do us a favor and like and subscribe. It really does help the show a ton. Uh, if you have questions, Monday is a mailbag. You can send your questions to me. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, next Monday, Mailbag Monday, we got your questions. We're going to do a college baseball Tuesday. We're going to recap this weekend. We're going to preview some of the Pac-12. Uh, and then next week, we're doing our final farm rankings 
before minor league spring training starts. We're going to go through the National League one day. We're going to go through the American League one day. And then we're going to wrap up our Farm Friday series with the National League West. So big week of shows. Stay tuned. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Um.